helicopter, we have um, Cuba Libre, but Cuba Libre is very simple, it's raw, cola, and limon, and appeared in the last one, uh, Mojito. Okay. And later, the bean will be ready for to be roast. Here, we have roast bean coffee, so if you want to try it to eat, you can do it. Please, you can smell. This is not a luxury vacation. This is a survival adventure. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Cuban Excursion. The last time you were here, we talked about our journey into the country and some of the things we would have to get ready to adjust to while we were there. Now we are going to introduce you to one of the incredible things about Cuban culture, the music. There were so many musical activities that we experienced while in Cuba, which was of no coincidence. Dr. Finney wanted to ensure that music would be a focal point of the trip, so let's allow him to tell us why. I'm a big fan of Cuban music. I uh, have been for a long time. I think that Cuban jazz is a very interesting genre. And I think that the um, experience of music and also seeing musicians in Cuba is pretty different than the experience of seeing and interacting with musicians in the United States. Um, and I was especially concerned when I was planning this trip to bring musical spare parts with us to distribute to Cubans because in my previous trips I'd seen how they're using older equipment they're using older musical instruments they are you know struggling with uh not being able to replace broken strings not being able to replace uh broken parts and so I really wanted to um you know to use sort of our privilege here in the United States to try to try to help that out some uh when we came on this trip even without the planned musical activities, while we were in Cuba, we quickly discovered that there was music all around us. There were people walking the streets with guitars and maracas singing to tourists who were walking by. As a matter of fact, during our first tour through Havana, it wasn't even 15 minutes before Reggie and Anicia were approached by musicians who handed the maracas to shake while the men played the guitar and sang. Here's Reggie with more on the experience. <laughs> Very socially awkward, so it was kind of hard. But since I was in a new country, it seemed fun. Why not do it? They had a lot of energy. But also, Sylvia was warning us about people on the street, so I was worried, you know, they were going to ask for a little money or something. But they didn't. They just wanted a nice vibe. As you may expect, the music in Cuba differs from the music in America. But before we get into the details about how the music sounds differently, I wanted two of our music experts from the trip Ernie Bargaza and Rick Miller to talk about how the style of music differs in Cuba than in America. Rhythm is the, the biggest thing. Um, there's a, a clave rhythm, you know, that um, one, two, one, two, three, or you can start on the three, one, two, three, one, two. And that that is the basis of uh, so much Latin American music, but uh, Cuban particularly. And then the instruments. Um, the bongo and the conga drums were invented in in Cuba, um, and it's uh, you know the mix of uh, Spanish influence and African influence, and so um, 
there's a lot that Cuban music has contributed to American music, but um, I think those are the, the different rhythm and instrumentation is the biggest thing. Yeah, so first, it's everywhere, right? I, that's what just astonished me. Anthony, we went to a rest area, and there was a band playing yeah, in a rest area, right? I mean, that's, that's just, you don't see that here. And um, which just that blew me away. And and the fact those guys we were with that they you know if somebody was playing they would just go up and play with them. And that, that was just cool. I thought um, it was really neat. But you know those rhythms are are all different too. I mean, we're just you know rock and roll is you know four four and uh, that salsa is just on a different different kind of rhythm, which is awesome. That different kind of rhythm Mr. Rick was referring to was the clave rhythm Mr. Ernie spoke about with the one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two. This rhythm was not only used in the music we heard, but also in the dancing we learned. While in Cuba, we were fortunate enough to receive salsa dancing lessons at La Trova in Trinidad, and the count they taught us to learn the moves mimicked the count of the music, and Mr. Ernie says it best. The music and the dancing are really intertwined, so you can't talk about as a genre called song or rumba. You can't talk about that music without uh, mentioning the, the dance that goes along with it. Yeah, they move to their music. We learned that the count is different in Cuba with a one, two, three, one, two, instead of a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, like in America. And we also know that the music in Cuba intertwines with the dance. So let's take you to Trinidad and hear from Anicia and BG Loper and see how they felt before and after learning how to salsa. Hey BG, have you ever salsa danced in your life? Um, very, very briefly at a leadership summit that I went to, somebody else was trying to teach me how, but that okay. was like after okay. senior year of high school. Okay, on a scale from one to 10, how well do you think you're gonna perform today? Uh, at the beginning, zero, um, or I guess one. Uh, and then by the end, maybe six. Oh, wow. Okay. I was thinking myself as a zero and maybe at the end of three. <laughs> like, I'm glad you believe in yourself. I believe in us. Yes. Yes. I like that. Yes. This is what I'm talking about. I chose a great partner. Not to risk myself or anything, but... I would say I was about an eight at, towards the end of it. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than what it was because um, right before that, when we had went to, I think it was the cave party, mm -hmm. um, I did see a lady and her husband salsa dancing, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. But afterwards, I thought it was like, pretty easy and I like I did enjoy it and I do use those moves back here in Virginia sometimes when I'm out with some people so I thought it was amazing and I'm glad I did learn that especially since I had just seen it the night before and thought it was like very difficult and also dancing with BG made it a lot like easier because he was just learning too and so I felt like um, like being with him made the experience a lot better too. I am inclined to agree with myself but actually maybe even say a little bit better. I feel like at the end of the, the class I definitely felt 
confident in everything that they had gone over and like we Anisi was was my partner for that as well um so i definitely feel like we we hit a groove there but at the end after teaching us all the moves like introduced a spot that they like switch it up a little bit and that we we struggled with but everything prior to that we were like if it didn't include that i would have said like nine or ten out of ten but since since it did i will say seven to eight so i think a little bit better than i was expecting If you can recall back closer to the beginning of this episode, Mr. Rick talked about music being everywhere, even at a rest stop when we all got off the bus to stretch our legs and use the restroom. So you can only expect that there would be music at restaurants as well. At almost every restaurant we ate at in Cuba, there was live musicians playing music in the restaurants while we were eating. Anicia and Emily discussed what dinner with live music is like in Cuba and how these experiences differed greatly from the past experiences with live bands and restaurants in America. So, we've been to restaurants, you know, and there's been live bands there. Do you prefer the live bands at the restaurants, or do you prefer, like, when you're in America and they just have the, you know, the radio going on in the background? That's something I haven't thought about. I enjoy the live music, but what I don't... I think what's different for me is in America, they pay the bands to be there. And in Cuba, or what I've seen so far, is that the bands show up and expect tips from the, the guests and stuff. And Americans are a lot less, it's a lot less of a dire situation for American musicians to show up to restaurants and play. Um, and I have a friend who performs at restaurants and he, you know, he gets a, a stipend. And then, you know, he gets tips, but it's not so much this is what I'm living on. Yeah. And I think that's, there's a lot more small bands going around to restaurants and trying to make their living. Down here, the music is very loud at restaurants. But yes. when we're in America, it's it's more like background noise almost. It's yeah, not like... a lot more instrumental music played at restaurants in America, I feel like. Because, you know, you're trying to have a conversation mm-hmm. and then, maybe it's just me, but like... When I go to a restaurant and they're singing a language I don't understand, I'm trying to pick up pieces of that, but also intrigue the conversation. And maybe that's just my brain and how it works, but like I, I get lost in kind of the overwhelmingness of so much on the music. Yeah, I feel like it's almost as though it's like a party every time you have dinner. Yeah. I think also either I could be tripping or I've noticed that not a lot of Cubans talk when they're eating. They mo- they they listen to the music. They to the music. But yeah. I think something Americans are accustomed to doing is like when you're eating, you take a bite, you yeah. chew it, and you say something, and you take a bite, and you chew it, and you say something because we're constantly mm-hmm. told to rush and constantly taught to like, you know, you have an hour at a table and that's your kind of time slot, and then you go, you know. But for for Cubans and in a lot of Latin American countries, and Caribbean, and all those. Mm-hmm. They typically, you know, you come, like, dinner isn't a thing. Like, dinner is, like, a two and a half hour time period of your day. Like, they actually enjoy it. They, they sit down, they talk, they order, they get a drink, and they talk, and they, you know, and then when the food comes, it's time to eat, and then they talk again, and they just kind of, it's it's a sit-down, calm-down experience. Mm-hmm. You listen to the live music, you go to an event for the, the band or the musicians and that kind of thing. It's just very different. I'm definitely having to you know, keep joking about Cuban time, but it's for sure a thing. Mm-hmm. Just because oh, yeah, they yeah. enjoy the, okay. the process and steps. We are very much more like 
fast-paced rush, we'll get to go where we're going. Yeah. For sure. There were so many great music-related activities our group participated in while in Cuba, including going to clubs and listening to a live jazz band on the rooftop after dinner. But perhaps the most exciting music-related thing our group experienced was traveling with a band called Amigo. Amigo was a group of six super-talented musicians, and the band traveled with our group for seven days and played music for us on the bus while we were traveling at dinner on nights we did not eat out at restaurants, and even let members of our group sing along with them. time that we took students to Cuba, we asked Sylvia to help us connect with a group of university students because we really felt like the experience of our students would be dramatically enhanced if we were able to introduce them to and give them opportunities to hang out with Cubans of the same age, right, in the, in the same sort of situation. And so this year, we knew we wanted to bring young people. We knew we wanted to do music. I actually think it was Sylvia who suggested that we bring a group of musicians with us. My, my request was that we really work hard to um, do lots of music, to have lots of musical opportunities on this trip, um, going to see music, going to see different kinds of music, going to clubs and things like that. Um, but it was Sylvia who really suggested that there might be a band that we could bring with us. And we were happy to do that when provided with that opportunity. Um, Amigo, I had never met them before, um, but I was just so pleased with how engaged they were to hang out with you all and to be a part of not just this trip in terms of like something for us to do and see, but something that became a part of the trip, right? I mean, they were, we, we were a whole group together uh, for a lot of the trip. As Dr. Finney said, our group from Emory and Henry became whole with the Amigo band being on the trip with us during the seven days that they traveled with us. They did a wonderful job getting everyone excited to hear and learn more about Cuban music. So before their departure, Miss Katie Haywood sang a song for Amigo on the bus to show her appreciation for all the wonderful singing and fun times we all shared together. The more we get together, 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 the more we get together, the happier we'll be. Because your friends are my friends, and my friends are your friends. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. I hope that you will continue to make us happy and get together with us again on the next episode of the Cuban Excursion. We can't wait to tell you more about our journey. But before we go, I would like to thank Emory Henry College and the International Studies Program, Colibri Travel and Tours, 
the Amigo Band, and Dr. Finney in the Media and Communications Department. Until next time, I'm Anthony Smith, Jr. Thank you.